welcome to the Mentaling Kids Podcast, a groovy review of everything Scooby-Doo. This time, we're watching the episode, The Haunted Showboat. It's an episode in which I vaguely remembered beforehand, but it was fondly. We begin, yet again, with the gang in the mystery machine driving down an unspecified road. This is another unpaved-looking road, and we can tell that they are somewhere in the world, because Daphne says, Wow, Fred, this Mark Twain country is really something. Lightning strikes threateningly twice. Daphne likes the scenery, but Fred admits that they are lost. Velma gets mad at Shaggy and blames him for not being able to navigate. Now, he admits that he's having trouble reading the map, but he says it with anger and making a joke and trying to cover up his hurt feelings. Now, the gang is not doing its best at fostering a completely healthy environment. Make your feelings clear while still being respectful and doing your best to make it fun and enjoyable. Now, Daphne's awfully dejected about possibly missing the Tom Sawyer concert due to Shaggy's mistake. Shaggy insists that they will not miss it and he will find a shortcut. He gives it a go, but he gets Scooby and himself tangled up in the map, so he takes the loss and suggests stopping to ask someone for directions. The step that no one ever wants to take. Velma likes the idea, but points out that there is no one around to ask. Just then, the gang hears a ghostly moan echoing around the area. Velma tries to play it off as just hearing things, but another moan persists. Fred drives, on, Fred drives right onto a boat dock, which is apparently unstable because the front right wheel, or maybe, yeah, front right wheel, falls right through one of the extremely large boards. I'm, I mean, the planks on this dock are just crazy oversized. <laughs> he says, oops, end of the line. A very tame reaction to your vehicle being stuck in such a situation. No one's worried about the damages to the car, possibly, or the dock, certainly, because Velma spots a grand old showboat. She's eager to explore it, which definitely falls into their normal routine. See a place? Go in it. Doesn't matter who might own it or anything. Just free reign for these anarchists. Fred suggests they go aboard as well, but he says it's to keep out of the storm that's coming. Yeah, I guess I'll give them that one. As they walk up the gangplank, a ghostly and hostile laugh frightens them. Daphne thinks it's Shaggy, Shaggy thinks it's Scooby, but it isn't. It's neither of them, none of them. The gang is uncertain of the voice, <clears throat> the gang is uncertain of the voice, but they are certain when they see a group of people sprinting around the upper level. The shadows obscure their identity, but they come running downstairs and crash into the gang. A particularly hostile woman lands on Velma and claims that they were in the wrong for standing on the gangplank. Gangplank. Velma shoots back with, I'm sorry, I thought this was a gangway, not a freeway. Boom! Now this rude woman turns out to be Josie, and the others are the pussycats, Alan, Valerie, and Melanie. Melanie is a stereotypical dumb blonde, and she makes a lot of silly jokes throughout the episode, but it's endearing, I like it. I'm not, I didn't write any of them down. <laughs> Alexandra is a, uh, she is unpleasant. She claims to be the real star of the show as well. <sighs> yeah, okay, Alexandra. Now, Josie and the Pussycats are a group that I was never really familiar with. I have heard the name and know they existed, but outside of this show and maybe a, a comic strip or something, maybe a couple one-off episodes of something else, I mean, I don't think I've ever had any experiences with the group uh, in any medium. Alexandra explains, rudely, that their manager, or Alexander, booked them for a famous showboat, the one that they're standing on. 
It is quite obviously not held in high regards at this point, as the only people within a few miles of it are these two groups, seemingly. Darn it, Alexander. Alexander claims he was misled, even that the showboat is haunted. And, oh, by the way, Scooby seems to have a silly rapport with the cat. The cat's a part of the, the group, uh, a part of the Josie and the Pussycats group. Now, none of this pleases Alexandra, but we have new info now as Captain Tanaby suddenly reveals himself on the upper level, assuring the kids that the boat is not haunted. Trust him. He also introduces his first mate, Johnny Breeze. Cool name, man. He's the classic butch henchman-looking type. I don't want to spoil things. I'm pretty sure I'm not, though. But one or both of these guys might be behind the mystery that the gang faces this time around. I don't know. Johnny says they should just go if they want, because everyone seems to be a little off-put by being on this boat. The captain says he needs their entertainment, and he needs their help so they can get, that they can get the boat running and make some money again. Alexandra wants to get out of there with Alan. She seems to be a, it seems to be a, a wink-wink kind of get out of there. But the gang and the other pussycats decide that they want to stay and help. They like it, well, they like to help, and they think it might be fun. Now, there are some hijinks that I, I don't quite understand. The sequence was a little confusing watching it. Uh, maybe, I don't know, it, it was a little confusing. And then the cat gets under a bucket and scares poor Scooby. Uh, the cat's name is Sebastian, by the way, which I learned in this frame. The people's conversation is interrupted by a rattling chain. Captain Tanaby says it must be Engine Joe. And then when questioned about saying that, he plays dumb and he goes to find what, quote-unquote, must be a loose chain somewhere. The group notes how peculiar his actions were during that little exchange. Velma shows how smart she is by remembering that Engine Joe was the antagonist in an old Mark Twain story. He wore chains around his wrists and was a convicted felon. I made up the felon part. According to Josie, and Daphne helped with that one too, Velma actually puts forth that this ghost might be around. Now, Velma doesn't believe in that stuff, and she constantly shames Shaggy and Scooby for being afraid, so this this may seem a little odd. It, it was odd to me, that's for sure. I think she's doing it to antagonize Alexandra. Alexandra said it would be ridiculous for Engine Joe to be around since the story took place, what, a hundred years ago? That is, when Velma says that that's when Velma says it could be his ghost. Now, these two really don't seem to like each other, even going so far as to contradict their tried-and-true beliefs in proving the other wrong. Now, Scooby's just standing there, being a normal dog, and the cat slides down on, a, like, a line or a chain and scares him. As the cat hangs there directly to the left of Shaggy and Alexander, uh, Alexander the booking agent, I called him a manager earlier, the camera zooms in and then out very quickly and suddenly to reveal Shaggy and Alex were replaced by a ghost. It seems to be a Native American rattling a chain at that cat. It hollers at the poor thing, which runs to Scooby, aww, uh, for help. The two alert their friends of the sudden ghosts, which everyone sees for once. Usually Shaggy or Scooby or someone who's generally scared of things sees the ghost and is too afraid to tell anyone you know, during the headlights, or the ghost disappears before they can tell anyone, making them seem crazy. <laughs> Darn ghost, gaslighting our friends. Another ghost shows up. This is the ghost of Captain Scavenger, I believe, telling them to leave. Engine Joe tells them to leave as well. They double up on the threat. So Alexander, Scooby, Shaggy, and Sebastian jump overboard. They're intending on landing in the river as they have lifesavers and everything, but they landed on the deck. Captain Tanavi and Johnny Breeze show up, saying that they thought they heard something. 
Alexandra is about to tell the truth about what they saw, but Josie cuts her off and says they didn't see a thing. Everything is fine. She said she didn't want to worry the skipper since they plan on helping the skipper. Uh, the, the group decides to go to bed, but they want to leave someone on guard. Shaggy and Scooby are tricked into guard duty. So they are out there messing around, you know, as Shaggy and Scooby do. They keep accidentally smacking each other with the broom and the mop that they were given to use as weapons. Great weapons, by the way. Thanks, Velma. Scooby knocks Shaggy out as he tries to wake him. Uh, and, and as he tries to wake him after knocking him out viciously, the ghosts show up and they hit Scooby with some chloroform or something. Well, I, I think Scooby fainted. I mean, the ghost said, here's some smelling salts, then passed it, and then Scooby passed out without smelling it per se. So either really strong stuff or Scooby was super scared. Usually Scooby is super scared, but I'm pretty sure it was drugs. Now Daphne hears snoring and she wakes everybody up thinking that she's hearing a monster outside the door. Jumping to conclusions much? Fred comes out yelling at the women to keep the noise down. They point out to him that it's not them, it's coming from behind the door. Fred goes out, everyone follows him, and they all find Scooby and Shaggy knocked out in front of it. Fred is about to really give them a piece of his mind for sleeping on the job, but Velma diffuses his situation by pointing out that sh what she calls sleeping gas. Thanks, Doctor. Alexandra is delighted at this revelation because it means she was right. There is no ghost, they don't need gimmicks such as sleeping gas. So she really got Velma here because she cut Velma off, took her point, and ran with it, and she was right. In front of everybody. Nice, Alexandra. Captain Tannaby comes over and he claims her to be wrong, saying that the ghosts were the were uh, were there and they went in the boat and stole the captain and Johnny's life savings from the safe. The ghosts also left a note there, saying that the crew needs to leave the boat forever or they will never see Johnny Breeze again. So, Johnny's the only other one that knows the safe combination and he is missing. The captain is set to leave the boat and go notify the sheriff in town. Now, the captain urges them to be gone by the time he gets back, though. He's starting to sound awfully similar to the ghosts. Uh, all right, Mr. Captain, Captain Tanaby. Now, as Tanaby's leaving, out of nowhere, Lance Goodwin shows up on the dock. Sitting in his cool convertible car, he's trying his best to buy the boat from Tanaby. Tanaby tells him no thanks, and Shaggy calls him a bee. Lance says that Tanaby should reconsider and discuss the offer with his first mate. If he is ever seen again, then he laughs his way off screen in his cool convertible car. His cool guy convertible car. So, he definitely seems to be in on things, but I don't know. Captain seems to be innocent in all of this. It's kind of a tough mystery to crack, honestly. I mean, it could be two out of the... Th it could be a co any combination of two out of the three guys that I'm thinking. Lance, Captain Hannaby, and Johnny Breeze. It's getting a little sweaty in here. Shaggy asks if they are on the Mississippi or the Erie Canal because he's very scared. It's a lot of ghosts, you know, it's a joke. Josie takes that as a natural transition transition to say, we'll give the Dixie Queen our own beauty treatment. Everyone is really pumped up to get this boat fixed up. Alexander, he's still worried about ghosts, though. Velma tells him that the ghosts only haunt at night. You know, everyone knows this. All ghosts only haunt at night. But the ghost in the periphery, Shaggy, Scooby, and Alexander, all seem to be pretty skeptical. 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 They all seem to be skeptical. First try. Daphne highlights that they have plenty of ghost traps just in case things get hairy. The group gets to work on the boat. They're all really excited to help and see how surprised Captain Tanaby will be when he gets back. And I'm thinking, what if he isn't happy? I mean, that is his boat. 
He's under a lot of stress right now. I, I am I'm imagining him returning. He sees the paint and everything, kind of takes a deep breath, processing what he's seeing and feeling. Then he just loses his mind, and he starts freaking out on the kids. Well, he probably won't even like the color. Now, Alexandra is angling to get Alan alone, and I think, I think maybe, possibly, that she has a crush on him. She gets what she deserves when the ghost causes her to fall down in some mud after she tries to do something similar to Josie, who was sitting with Alan, who's like the leader of the group, and Alan probably likes, you know, you, you get it. Daphne, Fred, and Valerie get the engine going, but one of the ghosts, Engine Joe, chucks one of his ghostly chains into it, causing it to stop. Now, they attempt to fix this new problem, but it goes wrong, and the three come to the conclusion that the boat is haunted. Jumping to more conclusions, I see. It's one of those episodes. Shaggy and Scooby attempt to swab the deck, but it gets out of hand due to the ghost captain. Alexander and Melanie are actually cleaning the showroom when a piano starts playing by itself. This puts Alexander a little on edge. Melanie seems to be blissfully unaware of fear at this point. Now, they actually managed to stay and clean the place, though, so, you know, good job being productive. Shaggy's out-of-control water hose nearly drowns Alexander after he almost chokes on the dust and debris that Melanie kicks up from sweeping, which she had no real control over. You know, it's you can't not kick that stuff up. So poor Alexander almost died a couple times because of just accidents. It happens sometimes. you got to be careful out there in this world. Now, Melanie goes outside, leaving Alexander stuck atop a fan that he jumped on after he was scared by Engine Joe to help Shaggy and Scooby by shutting off the water. Now, Daphne, Fred, and Valerie overcome their issues, and they get the engineer working. The engineer working. They get the engine working. Following my notes a little too closely. I can't believe I wrote that. Anyways, it's too bad. Uh, so the engine's working, but it's too bad that Shaggy and Scooby were stuck on the wheel after being kicked off of the hose. Fred actually does them a solid, and he stops there running in circles. I mean, once again, dangerous situation to be in, but Fred actually comes through for once. Wow. I definitely don't find Fred to be as menacing in this Scooby, in these new Scooby movies as he has been in previous iterations, which is good for the gang. So, everything is fixed up. Nice job, everyone. Alexandra is still being rude as Alexander finishes up painting. Lance Goodwin shows up and tells the group to tell the captain that he just bought the Dixie Queen's mortgage papers from the bank. They will come due in three days, and then the captain will have no money to pay him. And boom, the Dixie Queen is sunk. It's going to be Lance Goodwin's. It's in the bag, according to Lance. So the ghost thinks, thinks uh, he, he uses the horn. He honks the horn to scare the kids who say that they don't give a hoot about ghosts. Some paint spills on Lance Goodwin, and he says that the kids will pay for it, and then he drives off. Shaggy, even after falling in line with his comrades that say that he doesn't give a hoot about ghosts, says that he is still afraid of anyone who even looks like a ghost. Now this really gets Velma's mind going. She says, and she says it just like this. Say, maybe Shaggy has something. Lance Goodwin? Captain Scavenger? Is it possible? Now, she clues the gang in on her theory here that Goodwin is the ghost captain. Fred plans to set up a bunch of ghost traps for the ghosts that night. Uh, they're waiting on their traps to go off, hoping to catch some ghosts. Extremely eager to catch them, actually. They get the alarms going off. Everyone runs out, but they find Captain Tanaby trapped in one of the ghost traps. They apologize, but 
Tanabe says that they're even after staying to help and fixing up the boat. Darn, he didn't he didn't get mad. I guess he liked the color after all. Now he's actually excited for their plans of a show, you know, Josie and the Pussycats, that is, on the boat, as originally planned, though, because they were booked for it. Uh, turns out the sheriff wasn't in, so Tanabe made that trip for for nothing. Trip for to tell the sheriff about Johnny missing, it meant nothing. I, you know what? I think I may have skipped over it, but uh, earlier Tanabe, when Lance Goodwin first showed up, Tanabe was leaving to go talk to the sheriff, so that's why that's why he's back now. But uh, Josie asks if she's still worried about Johnny, and Captain confirms he is. Now Fred raises the possibility that maybe, just maybe, a slight out chance, possibly, maybe, Johnny breezes in on the ghost scene scheme. Excuse me. Now this upsets Tanabe. Uh, he actually says that any more talk like that will be grounds to kick the group right off the boat. Now Daphne does some damage control, apologizing and, and trying to insist on them staying, but he is right back out the door to go find the the deputy, the sheriff, so they can find Johnny. One of the ghosts really finds this situation funny. He's still to and but you know Captain Tanabe, he just he just tells the gang to just go away. Fred really hurt his feelings here. Right, now there's the menacing Fred that we know. Good job, Fred. You soiled it. Everyone else is too dejected to eat. Uh, the gang was trying to tell Captain Tanaby about their plans to put on a show over a nice celebratory meal. You know, so everyone's all sad now. They don't really want to eat, except for Shaggy. Now, he tries his best to eat, but Scooby literally eats everything. Uh, Shaggy confronts him about it, but a moaning and laughing ghost interrupts them. Two moaning and laughing ghosts, actually. Now, Captain Ghost peeks in the room, and he threatens them, so they go outside to fight him. Uh, which Fred pointed out there was, what, 12 mortals and two ghosts, so they had the advantage, which finally, good idea. But they get outside, and the ghost disappears promptly. Now everyone says, oh, well, it's got to be a real ghost. He disappeared, obviously. Velma believes it, but she makes a plan for them to act scared, leave the ship, but not actually leave. They're going to act scared and pretend to leave so they can stay and spy on the ghosts. It's actually a sneaky and good plan. This tricks the ghosts extremely well. Well, one of them. One of them gets tricked because, wait a minute, Engine Joe realizes that the gang is still there. You have to learn how to sneak, guys. Be quiet. Now Velma realizes, Velma, the whole gang group drop, dropped into a, like a cargo hold. They just hopped down there to hide. And Velma realizes that the ship's speakerphone was off the hook. So as they were saying, wow, those stupid ghosts got tricked real bad and were better than them, they... She realized that their plan was ruined from that moment because the speakerphone was off the hook and anyone in the ship anywhere could have heard it. Now this sends the gang into a frenzy, with the scaredy cats trying to hide and run away. Now Melanie actually finds buttloads of cash in the area they were trying to hide in that little cargo hold. Now this here is when the ghosts show back up. He, the Captain Captain Ghost, lifts them up and the money in a, up into the air in a big old cargo net that they were sitting on in there. He drops them onto a smaller boat or like towing sort of thing. It's like a really flat, just like motorboat, I guess, uh, that Engineer Joe is actually driving. And then uh, Captain Ghost hops on and they drive away from the, the Dixie Queen boat. Now Josie leaves a trail of money in the water to help someone hopefully find them, which in real life wouldn't work. I'm pretty sure it would get, uh, you know, the, 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 wet, the wet money would get too heavy to, to and it would break the surface tension of the water, but... Uh, you know, whatever, it's fine, it's a cartoon, it's Scooby-Doo. 
it actually turns out that Shaggy and Scooby got left behind because they were in a good hiding spot. They were in a barrel to the side of the cargo net. They climb out, and they find Lance Goodwin getting ready to do some dastardly stuff, I guess. Not exactly sure what he was going to do. He said now that the kids were finally gone, he could do something. I forget what he said. The two see him, and they try to sneak past and spy on him, but he spots them. So they... Sorry, I thought I heard something. I got some spooks in here. So they hightail it out into a rowboat, and then they hear the motorboat, and they decide to follow it. You And they see the money trail that Melanie left, so... Was it Melanie or was it Josie? No, I'm pretty sure it was Melanie. Anyways, it, so the Shaggy and Scooby see the money trail, and they decide to follow it. It's all coming together now. Now the ghosts bring the gang to a secret cavern in the side of a cliff off of the Mississippi. Engine Joe hoists them down into a big old rectangular prism in the floor. Well, it's not a prism because the top is open, but it's a big old rectangular area in the floor. And, uh, wow, I wrote this in here. I just, I kind of find it funny how lazy people are, how lazy I am. So I got, there'd be times where I'm writing out notes for this show and I just get so tired. Like, I'm just sitting on the computer just typing out notes while watching these episodes of Scooby-Doo, of all things. And I just, I feel, I want to take a break. I want to lay down. I want to go on Facebook or something. It's just, you know, what am I? Why can't, every time you, we perceive something as work, as like work, we just, our, our effort levels just, our energy levels just drain. It's funny how that works. But anyways, Shaggy and Scooby, they make it into the secret cavern. They don't immediately find the gang, but the gang does get their attention. Now they're telling Shaggy to hurry up and drop the cargo net before the ghosts come back. Which leads, of course, to the ghost laughing coming and coming down the hallway. Of course, it's always the timing. Now, the ghost realize something is going down, but not before Shaggy and Scooby save the older kids. They pull them out with the cargo net. Uh, so they decide to split up. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats go one way. The, uh, the Scooby gang goes the other way and run away. Both groups trying to find a way out of the cavern. Now, one nonsensical chase scene later, the gang does make it out of the cavern on a rowboat of sorts. The Alexandra is conf- Alexandra is confident that they made it away from the ghosts. She states it very clearly, very confidently, definitely trying to reestablish her dominance on Velma because both seem to have forgotten about it up until this point. But here comes the ghosts in a motorboat. The gang tricks them and they latch onto the back of their boat and both groups make it all the way back to the boat where the ghosts, of course, notice the gang because the gang comes crashing into the boat as it stops and they can't stop the momentum on the log they're on. It's pretty funny, actually. And it, it's, uh, it's very scientifically accurate. I am super surprised at how long the gang actually believes these guys to be ghosts. Like, still, at this point, like they're treating them as actual ghosts. So anyway, Shaggy and Scooby fall into a container of flour running from the ghosts which actually tricks Tanabe into thinking that they're real ghosts on board the ship. He goes running, slamming into Engine Joe, and launching the two overboard. Lance Goodwin has them subdued on the dock. Now, he reveals himself as an undercover police detective. He reveals Captain Ghostface, uh, oh, I forgot his name already, Captain Scavenger, I think, to be Captain Tanabe, who is actually Jack Canna, ooh, voice crack, nice, Jack Canna, a notorious counterfeiter, which explains the money on the boat. Uh, Engine Joe is just a Native American man who is partners with Jack. Uh, no crazy backstory. 
Johnny Breeze shows up literally out of nowhere saying that he he knew all of, he ended up figuring out what Tanabe was doing and that he refused to help the two so he was locked away but uh just now Josie and the Pussycats just found him and let him out at that no don't know where he was what what anyways so everything is everything is set the Dixie Queen is sailing with the Pussycats playing a show on it and that does it for this episode of the Mental and Kids podcast I had a fun time with this episode. I hope you guys did as well. Hopefully this one is live on Google Play as I speak. When I recorded, I was still working with their IT support to update the feed. The past two episodes haven't been up, so hopefully this is all fixed by the time that this is posted. Thank you for your continued patience with that, and thank you for listening as well. Thank you to Dave Suste for the use of his music, Night Surfing, for the theme song. Now stay groovy and remember, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you meddling kids.